Hey, my name is Anna Brubaker, and I am the creator and host of Humans of Montclair, a Montclair, New Jersey-based podcast documenting the lives of citizens, businesses, and projects throughout our town. Something that I think is unique to Montclair is its surplus of creativity and storytelling from people all over our town. We have musicians, photographers, artists, writers, and more all over Montclair. It makes Montclair such a vibrant and colorful town. Something that I believe is also unique to Montclair is how that creative aspect has shaped Montclair for more than a century with the Montclair Art Museum. On today's episode of Humans of Montclair, I interviewed Ira Wagner, the executive director of the Montclair Art Museum. Together, we discussed the museum's history, the significance behind each work of art and Montclair Art Museum exhibits, the merge with the Yard School of Art, as well as the impact that the Montclair Art Museum has had on Montclair and other local towns. What's your name? What brings you on to Humans of Montclair today? And what's your favorite thing about Montclair? Oh, great. Well, I'm Ira Wagner. And uh, I guess being the executive director at the Montclair Art Museum uh, is what brought me here to Humans of Montclair today. Um, I'm happy to spread the word about the Montclair Art Museum and uh, hopefully encourage more people to visit. Um, I've actually, though, lived in Montclair since... uh, 1988. And so um, what does that make it about just 34 years, actually, we've since we've moved here in the same house. Um, But you know, what I love about Montclair is, is pretty much what brought me here in the first place. Um, uh, You know, a diverse community, a lot of culture, um, a a lot of opportunities to engage with, with other people with you know, with the arts, um, a place that you don't have to drive everywhere. And uh, I will tell you that my, um, my older son, we moved when he was uh, three months old, who's, who's now 34, has said that, uh, you know, when he tells friends that he grew up in Montclair, that everyone thinks it's really cool and that they want to move to Montclair <laughs> out of the city. So um, I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends in the city as well who know about Montclair the same way that I know about, I don't know, Greenwich Village, for example. Right, exactly. No way, like you're from Montclair. Um, What do you do? It's like a totally different, it's like a culture shock to them, but we just see it, especially if you're one of those families that moves from New York to Montclair as just yes. a slight <laughs> scenery, but like with the exact same stuff. That's so <laughs> um, yeah, no, ex- exactly. And actually, we, we, went to a wedding about a year ago with a family and we met, you know, some families that were from Westchester and they even said the same thing. They said their kids don't want to move back to Westchester. They want to move to Montclair. So mm-hmm. we're doing something right here. We are. All right. <laughs> um, you have a background in photography um, before um, working as the executive director at the art museum. You were um, a professor of photography at Monmouth University. Did photography play um, an essential role in taking the role as executive director at the art museum? Well, yes, yes, Uh, or studying art did certainly. You know, I had worked on Wall Street for 27 years before studying photography. And um, I left in early 2008 before all the, uh, you know, financial crisis. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it was coming. But um, I, 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 part of the reason I left was I, you know, I wanted to explore other things in life. And I started to take photography classes, ultimately leading to 
you know, going back to school and getting uh, an MFA degree. But I had been on the board of the Montclair Art Museum from 2002 to 2016. And then after leaving the board, the, the board chair asked if I would do some consulting with the museum on some strategic issues. And he thought the combination of a business background plus now you know, a practicing artist and and the art experience was a a good one for getting involved with the museum for work. And that's ultimately what led to this, yes. So photography definitely played a major role. That's awesome. Um, I personally am super interested not only in art and art history, but also economics and Wall Street. And because you have backgrounds of both of those, have you seen like a connection that intertwines both art and- Well, well, it's interesting, Anna, you know, the, I mean, the worlds do cross over a lot, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the many of the buyers of art are, uh, are wealthy. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so I think I can sort of bridge these two worlds. Um, and, uh, you know, so there, there definitely is a crossover. And I think, um, I mean, I think I I'm, I hope I'm bringing some of what I learned about. I did manage a group, you know, ultimately at, on Wall Street, and about how the way we did things that I can bring that, you know, bring creativity and bring, you know, a different way of managing to a not-for-profit to the art museum. So mm-hmm. I, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of crossover, and it really is a bridging of of two worlds. Uh, um, you know, that don't often speak this, that don't always speak the same language. Yeah. So you highlighted how you were on the board of the Montclair Art Museum and now you're the executive director. Um, yes. You personally have your own history with the entire art museum, um, but what's right. the history behind the museum as a whole? Sure. Well, it was uh, founded in, in 1914. Mm-hmm. And so it, it did have its centennial now, gosh, seven years ago, eight years ago. But, um, you know, it was founded with two collections, one Native American art, the other American art by, you know, prominent people in the community. Um, mm-hmm. There was, they, they uh, I think before it was opened and built, they did try and do it in con- together with the township, but um, that that didn't come to pass. So it was a, always a um, a private uh, not for profit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come to um, specialize in American art. It was one of the first uh, art institutions or art museums to focus on American art and. Um, uh, you know, it expanded several times uh, in the 1930s, and then, of course, uh, right around 2000, um, another edition was built with some new galleries and art space. Um, it also merged with the Yard School. I know you ask a question about that later, and it's been an important landmark in 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 the community, really, from its uh, founding. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're what what we're certainly working to do, and and I, I don't want to say I'm the first director to do it, but it is important to open up the museum to the to the entire community, you know, to reach beyond Montclair as well to the communities that surround us, and and we want to be a you know a welcoming place for for everybody, and and that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. Um, you highlighted again how the Montclair Art Museum was one of the first of its kind to have museum 
pretty much dedicated to American art and as well as Native American art too. And today, um, the art museum has over 12,000 um, works of art, right? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. and, and they're all on site. So there's a vault down underneath the museum that is close to bursting with the artworks, <laughs> but there's always room for additional acquisition. Uh, we, have to, we have to watch our space, but yeah, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're continuing to be an active uh, acquirer of artwork. That's great. Um, and since then, um, New Jersey, or the Montclair Art Museum, sorry, has one of the biggest, I think actually the biggest um, collection of Native American artwork now, um, which is great for education and learning a lot about. Certainly in this area or in the, you know, and, and it's an important collection in the country. I think out West, there may be ones with more, uh, you know, more individual objects, but yes, it's, it's a very important collection. And we recently hired a curator of Native American art. She's now been at the museum for about 15 months or so. And she's really having an impact on our direction with that. So it's, it's exciting to be part of that. That's great to hear. I didn't know that, awesome. Um, uh -huh. How can people, especially students who are coming to the art museum for field trips to learn about either Native American art or American art, just or art from different cultural backgrounds that they're not used to, um, use art to learn about um, any traditions or cultures that just differentiate from what they're what they know i i think that's one of the things that you know if that is really important and if you look at you know what we have on view currently unfortunately something's about to close this weekend but i think you know you can also look at our exhibition schedule is it does represent artwork from so many different backgrounds the artists are just a broad range. And, and, and that's really been a hallmark of the museum's collecting activities for you know, many decades now. But, but you know, we have on view um, uh, a work, it's really interesting and, and this will be up through December and there's also some performances happening around it, but it's a work made by contemporary Native American artists is called From My Home to Yours. And it's actually a very interesting video, uh, you know, kind of an immersive video installation. So that's new for the museum. But, you know, I think I think what one of the visions of our curator is that Native American art isn't just these old sort of archaeological finds, but, you know, there is a very vibrant contemporary um, community of Native American artists making all kinds of work. And so you know, it is it is a living community that we are engaged with. The other thing um, that we're trying to address uh, more and more is that the museum didn't actually have a lot of pieces made by Native Americans from this area, the Lenape people and people from the eastern part of the United States. And we are addressing that and trying to acquire more work uh, or show more work from uh, more local people. So, you know, there is that opportunity. The exhibition that's closing on Sunday is by uh, an African-American artist named Jerry Pinckney, who was a children's book illustrator, and but also an amazing artist of in, in the watercolor format, which is very difficult. And, and you know, what's on their view, is, uh, what's on view there now are the, the things that went into nine of his books. And that, that very much addresses issues of civil rights, of the March on Washington, of um, 
of segregation. So, you know, really, but, but presented with a very special touch, I think it's not, it's not loudly political, but it's really, it really addresses these important issues. Um, thinking around the room, we have um, uh, the Innes Gallery, which is, you know, George Innes landscapes who painted in this area. So you have, you know, a historical view of Montclair. And then we have another exhibition from our, per, uh, from our permanent collection called Transformed. That has a very diverse range of artists and medium, including Native American artists, um, African American artists, um, uh, gay artists, uh, you know, just, just a whole range and a range of different topics. But again, I think, I think that, um, you know, the art world is broad. There's, there's room for voices from so many. And I, I think there's just many things you can learn and, you know, also celebrate the diversity that, that is here in town and, and is part of our country as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I actually had um, the pleasure with my friends, actually, I think it was during the um, teen night to go to. Oh, yes. Oh, great. Yeah, to go to the um, Pickney exhibit. And, yeah. Um, personally, I mean, I'm such a huge history buff. And especially oh, sure. So that must have been great. Yeah. It was so interesting seeing um, just pieces that helped, I guess, solidify certain parts of historical knowledge and background that I had that I didn't understand from the perspective of an artist that has not only better knowledge than me, but has more, I guess, experience for lack of better Experience term. with it, lived through exactly. it. So, you know, you can, you can, I think that's important because you can, you know, I, I think what we all need today, you know, is, is the, that empathy of, of understanding what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. And I don't know that we do it enough. And I, you know, I think that leads, that certainly leads to understanding. Also, you know, in terms of, you mentioned history. I mean, this is unfortunately no longer on view, but um, in the fall, we had these um, color riot, which were Navajo weavings. And, you know, that also history was important. A lot of that, you know, there was a, a forced march of the Navajo, you know, to essentially a, a you know, a camp, uh, you know, um, uh, in the 1800s where they did use weaving to express themselves. But, you know, the, there are um, um, events in our history that art can illustrate or remind us of, you know, in photography, for example, you know, you probably learn about this now in, in history in high school, but I know it was new to me. I, I certainly don't think we learned about it in high school, but you know, the Japan, the internment of the Japanese yeah. during World War II. Mm -hmm. And there's a there was a lot of amazing photographs of that that, you know, in many ways were hidden until much later. Um, so, you know, finding these um, you know, these archives of, of photographs or work that that bring to light events that you know, weren't well understood at the time is very, is, is certainly important. It's, yeah, it's important. It's interesting. It's enticing and it's a great way. And I think um, an unbiased way, might I add as well, most of the time to educate and understand certain things, especially in, I guess, topics or areas where you have to be more empathetic and not be the one talking, but rather the one listening to. Right, happen. right. Yeah, it is a good opportunity because there isn't a, you know, the voice is different, right? It's mm -hmm. not a speech, but there's so much, there can be so much in these works, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
Um, so the Yard School of Art opened through the community's help in 1924, and it merged with the Art Museum in 1999. And um, the Yard School is one of the best education programs for art in Montclair, and it's a great way to engage residents um, through art while also intertwining lots of cultural connections, which is an underlying theme of the Art Museum. Um, right. So how has giving community members a place to create their own art impacted the art museum itself? Well, you know, I think I think in in a number of ways. I mean, you know, it it is critical and central to the mission, I think to uh, you know, to to show people that that you know, there is creativity in everybody. And you know, one one class that I try and talk about because um, you know, we do certainly have a lot of children and we have a lot of adults that are experienced artists, but we do have, you know, we, we do keep offering art for the non-artists for adults. And I think, I think, um, you know, often if an adult didn't get an experience of making art or was just like, oh, I can't draw, mm -hmm. it, there's nothing for them to do. And, and yet it can be such an, uh, a wonderful outlet, a, a way of expressing yourself of just, you know, of just understanding yourself better. So I think, you know, I think that engagement is really important. And then, you know, it also leads to appreciating um, other other artworks, you know, perhaps appreciating the talent that, uh, you know, the, the, the people that are in our collection have, not to say that, you know, many people aren't talented, but that it does, you know, it, 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 it does take, um, inner inner discipline, um, uh, studying for a long time to really become an artist at the top level. Just like you know, in sports, like we're not all you know. Most of us are not going to be a professional athlete, but yet you still can engage in some sort of activity and enrich your life with it. And I think I think art is is certainly very much the same. So during the pandemic or the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic, so right. many and industries just completely shut down, especially in entertainment, which I mean, I would consider museums and- uh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to like put you in the section as like- No, no, you know, we, you know what? If we, if we don't provide things that are fun, we won't get visitors. And we really, we've taken that on too. There's no reason why the museum can't be a fun place to come, so. Exactly. Um, um, so during that uncertain and tumultuous time, um, what were some ways that um, the Monk Art Museum stayed active within the community? We use the pivot word pretty frequently to describe what what happened. I'm sure many organizations do, but you know we um, we re, we regrouped and um, we we within a few months, you know we we started um, a whole variety of online activities. Um, we started a series called NAM Conversations, and um, for the, uh, I think through the summer, we did it weekly, where we, we uh, you know, figured out to have a Zoom call with an artist in their studio, um, and, you know, people could listen in, and we had, you know, they were interviewed and showed people around their studios, so that, you know, that was something we offered weekly. Um, we pretty quickly got um, virtual art classes going. And so, you know, we figured that out. I mean, you know, there was a lot of, um, 
a lot of logistics to that, but eventually we got to where, you know, we figured out how to make essentially art kits that would go with the classes, particularly for children that we could send. Um, you know, we came to have camp virtually that first summer. Um, you know, one, you know, one thing that was exciting during that period is when we were having virtual, we had virtual yard school classes, virtual camp. I think we reached, um, nine or 10 different states and a couple of people so. that were out of the United States. So, um, you know, so that was very exciting. And, um, and then, you know, we opened the, um, we opened the galleries pretty quickly. Our galleries reopened by um, September of 2020. You know, we started with very limited numbers at any one time, but you know, you, you know the museum space. I mean, it is pretty large and open mm -hmm. and you know, we only let 15 people in. So, you know, it was, you know, and, and we took a lot of precautions to keep people safe and the staff safe. So, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't see big numbers at first, but we did, you know, we did get back and open. Um, and, you know, a lot of it was a, a whole range of virtual activities. We did a virtual family day where we arranged for, you know, I believe uh, puppet shows and other entertainment that people could log into. We recorded it. We made it available later. Um, we did a what was called Cyber Studio, which you could see on the website. Um, and they were kind of short art classes that people could do with household items. And then we used, um, excuse me, we used a, a technology called Matterport, which um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it, it's out of the real estate field and, and uh, you know, people selling their homes and the real estate agents used it, use it to allow people to do these virtual walkthroughs. And so we actually did that for our galleries. And so we, um, you know, so we had where um, we could do guided virtual tours, like as if you were walking through the art galleries. So we, you know, we tried to be clever and some things worked and some things, you know, some things didn't work so well. We, you know, we adjusted, but we had a pretty active um, set of activities that people could engage with um, yeah. throughout that period. I mean, it's great to hear. I feel like everyone had to be proactive and there was a huge process of trial and error in every industry. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, was, I mean, to some extent, you know, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. We have a small staff. And so, you know, doing some of these things is a big lift, but on the other hand, you know, we, could, we also could quickly get things done because we could work across departments and put, yeah. you know, get people moving in the same direction. There wasn't a big bureaucracy that we had to overcome at the same time. Mm -hmm. that's that's a good thing to point out actually yeah. I didn't think of that yeah. um what stood out to me a lot while researching for this episode and I think just by being a member of the community is that um past community members that actually funded or contributed heavily to the art museum's founding or in 1914 um right. like just simply put a lot of money in it and contributed heavily to build the building yeah exactly you answered <laughs> um and the Montclair Museum has always been, since that precedent was set, just so important to the Montclair community. And to this day, I mean, we see it through the um, AAPI organization hosting some of their right. festivals at the Art Museum. It's a huge community space and it goes much more further than art. 
Um, right. In what ways can Montclair residents or community members get involved with paying it forward and supporting or volunteering at the art museum? Sure, sure. Well, there's, you know, there's a variety of ways. Obviously, you know, it costs a lot to, you know, to run the museum. But, you know, one thing we love is I think people can be a member. So, you know, that is money to us. It's not a lot, but I think you get a lot for membership. So, yeah. you know, you can come back to the museum as often as you like. And, you know, sometimes what's nice is if you're here, you don't have to see everything all at once. So, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, you might just tour one gallery and then think about it, come back, you can see things again. If you're a member, it's no charge. Um, so, so being a member, I think, is a great way to show you're interested, and then you'll hear about all that we have going on. But there are a lot of there are a lot of volunteer opportunities for uh, for someone who's really interested in putting in the time. We have our docents, which are the people that give tours, um, and that takes actually like a year of learning. It's not full time, but you know there is a, there are a lot of classes to understand art history, to understand about how to look at art, but it is an enriching thing for people who have the interest and the time. We always need volunteers for our events, and so there is an active volunteer corps. There are a lot of opportunities for teen volunteers or teen internships. Um, you know, we're doing, I think we did something this year uh, isn't there some requirement like the, the seniors at Montclair High School have to do something in their last semester? So we reached out and we have, um, you know, we have a variety of Montclair High seniors working with the museum. So, um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity to volunteer and we, we really appreciate it and welcome it. And then for, um, you know, like AAPI, you know, they reached out to us about, you know, um, uh, Asian uh, Asian American artists in our collection and but we formed a relationship to you know hopefully that will you know we do provide the space but we also hope it grows awareness of the museum and that um, the Asian American community not just in Montclair but more broadly yeah. will you know will come back to the museum or take an art class or come to a program and um, we also have um, uh, the African American Cultural Committee, which puts on a lot of events at the museum, and we were just um, we just got uh, outreach from a new group in Montclair, which I, you know I I certainly know is a growing part of our community, but they are the Latinos of Montclair, oh. and and you know we do want to you know uh, be part of their lives too, and over the coming year, you know we are we are trying to figure out and doing some amount of classes and programs in Spanish so that people can participate there. Um, we don't yet offer everything, but um, more and more things, there are opportunities if you're not a native English speaker yeah. and you don't yet speak English that you can, you can participate. No, that's actually really great, great to hear actually. Um, it's awesome to do classes in Spanish. It's a great way yeah, to yeah and and you know so you were asking about how can you get involved i mean if you are part of a a group in montclair that you know is is active and wants a partner you know we we want to be that partner uh, you know we also you know we were the kickoff event for pride night for pride month mm -hmm. on our free first thursday that was really fun and great um uh you know senior groups i mean you know uh 
certainly, you know, high school groups, um, student groups, we did the team night, but you know, if, if people are looking to create an event or create a gathering space and, and, and we can participate and somehow at least make art part of it, we're really excited about doing that. Awesome, thank you. Um, sure. What is your advice for any person who identifies as an artist, wants to be an art curator, or just someone that wants to work in art? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I think whether it's art or whatever, I think, I think you know, it's important to pay attention to your real inner dreams and, and goals and, um, and uh, you know, and pursue them in some way. One thing I learned, I mean, if, you, if you're interested in being a practicing artist, I think um, what I've learned is you have to not stop. You know, um, you may go through bouts of periods where you're not feeling ultimately creative. You may get frustrated that, you know, no one wants to buy your work or no one wants to show your work, but it's really important not to give up. I mean, that's almost advice for anybody doing anything, but, um, you know, someone once uh, suggested I read, it's a very short book, it's called Art and Fear. And um, it, it kind of discusses why do so many people who study to be artists within a few years give up being artists. And, you know, among the things it says is, you know, have goals, but make sure your goals are not, you know, going to turn you away. So, you know, if you wanna become an artist and say to yourself, I'm gonna be in the Museum of Modern Art, Mm -hmm. that may be a disappointment in the end. But if your goal is to make art and make art that you can't make art that you think someone else wants to buy, you have to make art that's true to yourself and hopefully find the people that also share that interest. And, and so, so really, you know, keep going, being true to yourself, um, studying a lot, you know, studying, you know, not just art, but, but culture generally, um, history, really important, I think, you know, understanding why we are where we are. And, um, you know, that, that is part of uh, who you are. So, you know, <clears throat> being, being well-rounded, being, you know, being curious, all of those things are really important. And I think that makes you a more interesting person generally, right? With, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, that's great advice. I'm going to actually take that to heart. I mean, I great. don't, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not as talented as my peers are who do pursue art, but it's, again, great advice all around. Um, this time well, you've made a podcast, so you should be. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fair enough. You've I mean, it's doing something, you know, don't be hard yeah, on yourself. Right. That's another thing. Don't be too hard on yourself. That's, you're right. And I mean, that's art in its own way, just a different medium. It is. It's true. You're, you know, it's all about personal expression, about having a voice, sharing it. Um, you know, I don't know how many people are yet subscribed to the podcast, um, mm -hmm. but whatever number you get to, you're reaching people. I, I, I felt that teaching as well. You know, there are times it's like, um, you know, you're looking out, is anybody there? Is anybody paying attention? And then you get this moment where, you know, one student or something you know, produces something or, or, or says something that you taught them, you know, four weeks ago. And it's like, wow, 
you know, <laughs> that did register. And that's enough. Yeah, exactly. That's enough. Mm -hmm. um, lastly, why is art important to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, for me, I, I, you know, my, my area with photography was primar is primarily um, urban landscape. And I was, always, even as a kid, I was always interested in cities and how, you know, how cities grew and, and architecture and that sort of thing. And with, you know, photography gave me a way to explore that interest. And so, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it really is part of my life. I mean, I love travel. I love exploring places. And I don't mean travel like seeing, you know, the famous sites. I really like to get down into seeing what different neighborhoods are like and, you know, what different areas are like. And so, you know, I do that with a camera. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm not exploring the stars, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the era of exploration where I can discover a new land. But in many ways, I feel like, you know, I'm discovering something that other people didn't necessarily notice. And, um, and, and I do that through photography and, and through art and then can create prints and show it to other people. Thank you so much, Ira, I appreciate it. Thank you so much again, Ira, for taking time out of your day to be on Humans of Montclair. I had a great time speaking with you about the history of the Montclair Art Museum, the exhibits that are currently in the museum, and the great contributions that the Montclair Art Museum has made to the Montclair community. To learn more about the Montclair Art Museum, visit their website at montclairartmuseum.org or follow them on Instagram at mammontclair. I also wanted to say thank you so much to Montclair Radio. Montclair Radio is a Montclair High School student-run radio and broadcasting club that hosts many podcasts ranging from sports and business to shows like Humans of Montclair. Montclair Radio also writes music reviews about your favorite artists and creates a safe, artistic space for students at the high school. I'm very lucky to have the privilege to broadcast my podcast onto their website, and if you want to start a podcast or you're simply a music lover in town, be sure to check out Montclair Radio on Instagram at Montclair Radio. And again, thank you so much for listening to Humans of Montclair and have an incredible day.